Images used in scripture are not done by accident or taken lightly. And the only way that we can really appreciate the image that's used is if we actually know more about the image. So I got myself edumacated this week on pottery. We have in the reading from Isaiah today this image of the father as the potter and we are the clay. I'm sure we've all heard that image many times before. But what is that relationship between potter and clay? So clay is from the earth. And to start with, the potter has to center all the particles of the clay. Until the clay is centered on the wheel, the potter can't do anything else. It's the first step, and properly centering it is needed before you can ever open the clay up. Then the potter always has his hands interlocked. They always work together simultaneously and pulls the clay towards himself, never pushing it away, but drawing it in to himself. And it's an action of the whole body, but not because strength is needed. Quite the opposite. The potter tries to touch the clay as little as possible and makes no sudden movements because then it quickly deforms the clay. Then once the clay is opened up, then you raise the walls of the clay. And then once the walls are raised, at that point only, can you start to fashion the clay into whatever vessel you want to make it, a pot or a vase or a cup, whatever it might be. And if you don't take each one of these steps the way that they're intended to be taken, the end result never comes out. You have to take these steps, the centering before the opening and the raising of the walls before you can fashion the vessel properly. Then, what's, and you don't always see the defects in what you've done until after it's gone in the fire. You can think that it looks okay now, but by skipping a step, you can actually see it later when it comes out of the kiln. And on the wheel, the centrifugal force is constantly trying to pull the clay outwards, right? We know physics. And by pulling it outwards, it would deform it. And so it's the constant presence of the potter that allows the clay to stay together. And what every potter knows is that every piece of clay, no matter how much you've worked with it, no matter how deformed it looks, it can always be reclaimed until you put it in the fire. This is the relationship, as it was explained to me, between the potter and the clay that's being formed. My spiritual director this week told me, being passive before God is the most active thing that you can do. Being passive before God is the most active thing that you can do. What did he mean by that? The very image of the potter and the clay. The clay does nothing. But through the entire time, it never stops moving because of the act of the potter. Now, maybe you picked up 
all of it already, so maybe I'm just going to tell you what you already heard. But now we'll go back through that relationship between the potter and the clay and think of the Father and you and your soul. The clay is from the earth, from the story of creation, Adam being formed from the dust of the earth. And that we need to be centered, we need to be properly oriented before anything else can happen. And the potter uses both hands, the Son and the Holy Spirit, and the Father who is the potter. And they always work together, shaping the soul. But how does he do it? With as little touch as possible. Slightly directing and guiding it. Not making any sudden movements for fear that the soul would recoil in fear. And it's the balance of things perfectly done, guided by the potter that allows the vessel to take shape. And each step has to happen the way it's intended to happen or you don't get the end result. Skipping steps, wanting to get from here to there in our life without letting the potter properly shape things won't get the result that we're looking for. And the force outwards, the centrifugal force, is temptation and sin, trying to deform the vessel. And it's only by the continual action of the potter, of the Father, that the vessel is held together. And there is no piece of clay that is beyond redemption. Every piece of clay can be reclaimed by the hands of the potter. So the question is, are we willing to let ourselves be formed by God in his subtle ways? Because when we go back to the reading from Isaiah, the lament of Isaiah towards God is, God, I remember hearing all of these magnificent works of your power all of these big and intense and visible forms of your power. And now you've hidden your face from us. And because you've hidden your face, it's all your fault that we sinned. Because if you would have been present the way that you were before, then we never would have sinned. But then Isaiah finishes by, but you're the father, and we're the clay, and you're the potter, shaping us subtly and slowly into what you desire us to become. It's a little bit, that image comes up in the gospel a little bit again. When Jesus talks about the master of the household that goes away and leaves his slaves in charge, the slaves that are told to do a task and to keep awake, their lives are being shaped by whatever the master is doing. They don't stay awake for their own good, they stay awake for the good of the master. Their lives are being shaped by the Master. So as we begin Advent, as we begin a new church year, how are we letting God form our lives? Are we willing to let Him do that? Three basic thoughts just to think about. Lots of people already put their Christmas tree up. And I'm not going to be the Grinch that's going to tell you to take your Christmas tree down or not to listen to Christmas music, because I'm going to do the same. But it's not Christmas yet. And the problem with that is that by the time we get to Christmas, 
We're so done with Christmas that we stop celebrating. And the whole church year is there to help form us. So my challenge out to you is leave your Christmas tree out till the Feast of the Epiphany. That's the conclusion of Christmas. And listen to Christmas music until the Epiphany. Let that shape your life. Not what's going on in the world around, where by Boxing Day, Christmas music has disappeared for another year, and everything is being torn down and replaced for the next, for all the New Year's parties and all the decorations for New Year's. Let yourself be formed by our church year and the way that we do things. Let that Christmas tree and that nativity scene stay out until the epiphany. And let those Christmas hymns that we probably won't hear as much, definitely not in the church, fill our homes. Let yourself be formed by those things. Then your prayer. I'm pretty sure I expressed the same sentiment way back at the beginning of the pandemic. Our lives are slower now. We can't do as much. But are we praying more? Are we carving out time for prayer, especially in Advent leading up to Christmas? How are we going to do that? For those of us that have family at home, do you pray together? Husbands and wives, parents and children. Do you take even just a small amount of time to pray together? Have an Advent wreath at home. Before dinner, light the candle, pray in our Father, Hail Mary, Glory be. That's it. Simple. Will you carve out any time for just silence? Not being busy all the time, whether with things in front of you or reading or tasks and chores in the home, but just being still and silent. How are you carving out that prayer time, letting God form you? And then finally, for all those of you that are here, the sacraments. Letting the sacraments, which is this gift of grace from God given to us, are you letting it form you? In the way that when you come to Mass, the prayers of Mass, the readings from Scripture, are there to help shape and prepare for the moment that you receive Holy Communion. And then if God is really forming us through His church, then confession has to be a part of our life. Confession has to be a part of our formation by God, preparing us to receive Him and to take the time to prepare for confession and to receive that grace of God's mercy. As difficult as it is, are we willing to let ourselves be formed by God? Because one of the great gifts as Catholics is we don't have to go out there looking for ways to be formed. We have so many ways within our Catholic tradition and faith to let ourselves be formed. Just by the structure of the Mass, by the traditions that we have with Advent and into Christmas. I talked to another Christian today and he's like, what is Advent? It's not even common among all Christians. We have all of these gifts, a lot of them we take for granted, but they all form us and shape us what God wants us to do.